Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Um, Fred and Pat, we've known them for, I don't know, five, six years now. I'm trying to figure it out, we don't know. We met them at Bethel at a leader's advance, and uh, we have mutual friends, and they, they knew Don and Krista Monroe first, and uh, you guys all know Ernest. They, Ernest was with them, and we got just connected, and our hearts were kind of knit right from that very beginning. And um, they pastored a church in Casper, Wyoming called Hope, and when they heard that we were House of Hope, they're like, there's just something here, and so we're just very happy to have them this morning. So guys, come on up. Give them a house of hope. Welcome. And um, yeah, that's right. And I will get you a, a microphone. Well, good morning to you guys from Casper, Wyoming. Yeah, how's that? We have a whole lot in common, a whole lot in common. And we're going to share some of that in, little, in a little bit. But I wanted to thank you guys. So good to see you again. So good to see hope still on you. Seriously. I know that you fought. I'm here. I'm taken a rabbit trail a minute, but you just drew my heart over that way. But you have fought such a battle, and many people would have run. Many people would have run from God. Many people would have went, run from relationship. Many people would have run from continuing to live. And so I, in his name, just applaud you for your courage, for your perseverance, for the tenacity, tenacity, Man, I bless you, and I'm so thankful for you. You give other people hope through your hope. So thank you, Lord, for him. Thank you yeah, very much. Amen. Would you guys stand and let's do that, please? You, that, you deserve to be honored, not because you do everything perfectly, but because you're still, you're still going. You're still going. Bless you. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a word. We're going to dismiss the kids. But we had a word for one of the kids. Both of us did, and we just would like if you guys would... We're going to get him in it. Would you stand again for us, please? Would you come up here? I can tell you don't mind that, so I'm calling you up here. Okay, so tell, her, tell my husband your name. Gene. Gene? Okay. Okay, and his, I know this one's name is Will. Hi, Will. Good to see you again. We met downstairs. So, Gene, uh, do you mind if we share a word with you? Okay, an encouragement. Your mom, is that right? And guitarist is dad? Yes. And guitarist's name is what? Roger. Okay, cool. Roger did an awesome job this morning. Really blessed by that. But Jean, when you, we were, we had just come in and you walked across here and literally as you walked across here, I saw a light shining down on you. I looked twice. You have fair skin, but there was a light. Not, we, call, we talk about God highlighting people, but he was very much highlighting you. But I really felt like he said, and I want mom and, and dad to know this, which you probably already do. But you carry not only the highlighting of God, that light, what we would say emanates, comes from the inside of you. And I really believe that God is saying that there's a leadership quality in you that God is going to be using, that you're not only going to lead right now, like you're going to be one of those leaders that you're going to turn around and people are just following, your friends are following you. As you get older, there's older people following you, on and on and on. But you're one of those kids that leads the adults even right now. By your love for God, okay, by your humility, okay, even in that bold, 
boldness, there's humility there. You came back up here and said thank you to everybody. There wasn't an expectation by sharing your story that everybody was going to give, but God used that to attract what you need. And I really believe that through life, in your leadership, you're going to be a person that people are going to come to the Lord through the brightness that's in you. And there's going to be friends. There's going to be people you don't even know. Like out on the street, you're going to be in a park and places like that. And people are going to go, there's something different about that kid. There's something different about him. And they're going to be drawn to that. And so you have a pure heart. That's what I hear God saying. You have a pure heart. And from that purity, his light comes so I'm, Fred's going to share with you a minute a word, you know, and then I, I want us to pray. I wasn't over. aware that we had the same word, so I just that I feel like you have a leadership gift on you, and that uh, how you present yourself, that you know you can you can always take something too far, but you have a level of confidence, and uh, you're a self starter that you don't have to have someone say, "Hey, we need to do something." You jumped on something and began to go with it. And I believe that God's going to use that. And we need that in God's kingdom. That we need people that will take initiative and say, hey, I have a word. Hey, I have something that God wants me to do and say. And so anyway, I just bless you with that. Yeah. So, Gene, hang on just a second. Could we have you come up for just a minute? He can come with you. Oh, Dad, too, come on up. I saw the chair between, and I wasn't looking far enough to see Roger over there. Um, But I I just want to bless you guys and pray for you as well as parents because I really, your kids are all incredibly unique and special. All kids are, and yet there's a unique special. Isn't that funny? Okay, kind of redundant there. But you need a special grace and a gift to steward what God has put in your kids because of the call on their life. And he's going to challenge you in leadership. He's going to challenge you to come up higher in leadership. Okay? He's going he's gonna to challenge you. He's going to be, uh, we have our youngest daughter, when she was three years old, I got in the van. I was going through my education program at that point, and I was student teaching way, way, way back in the day. And when I got in the car, she turned to me, and she, well, to her sister, and had a little flip chart she was writing on, a little pad. She says, told her sister to write this down, told her older sister to write this down. And she had the whole evening for a family evening planned out in detail for us. And I remember turning my husband and going, oh, my goodness, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. It's a good trouble. But you have a son here who is going to, he's going to lead in places that your heart may have even wished that you had been led to lead. But you're going to lead vicariously by what you put in him to lead. And mm-hmm. we just bless you, Gene. Yes, we do, We bless Gene. you that you will continue, yes. that Amen. pure heart will be guarded, mm-hmm. that the enemy will never be able to sidetrack you, that he will not be able to steal the purity that God placed in you. It's his character, and he placed it in you even before you were born. It was written on the scrolls of your life, the word says. Yes. And that purity, it's a purity for the word. It's a purity in truth, mm-hmm. and it's a purity in relationship. And as you lead, that you will always have that heart that says, this isn't about me, it's about him. In Jesus' name. And we just declare over both of these boys, but over the children of this house, that they don't have to go through a stage of rebellion or doubting, uh, but they can be people that go from glory to glory and from the more to the more, and that they don't have to get sidetracked. There's nothing that says you have to get sidetracked. That's a choice. Uh, it's not innate in us. It's a choice. And so we just release over these two boys in this house that uh, the children of this house will not be sidetracked. 
but they will go forward. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So would the, could we have all the children stand up for just a second? Oh, well, that one you got standing up over there. You're a child. Okay, we see one back here and these two guys, a little girl and a guy, right? You don't have to come up here if you just stand up for a minute. Yeah. Okay, we want to pray over. He was doing it just then, but we want to pray specifically right. over the children of this house. You know what? Hope is future, future pointing, right? Hope directs to the future. The hope is in you and me, but it's in the children as well. Hey there, sweetness. Come on up here. You just do that, okay? Number we like three. you. And so my point is, is that we want to pray over the children because they're going to be that bridge into the future. Hope always has a bridge. So, Father, we pray over this house that it would be an attractant to children, not just children who come in and they're about their own things, but children that you you send here with the assignment. This is a house that will steward well the children and the resources that are in them. This will be a house that says these children are precious in God's sight, that there is no child who doesn't have destiny in them. There is no child who doesn't have a fire of God that he placed within him himself, that this will be a house that says we will steward. And as a family, we will breathe on what God is already doing and that there will be evangelists. Whoa. There will be evangelists that rise up out of this place. There will be all the fivefold ministry. But there will be support people. There will be administrators. There will be people that are teachers. There will be people that say, I want to come along and I just have a gift to serve. And that these kids will catch what this house carries. And that what you sow into them will actually be fanning a flame even with you. In you, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let this be a house filled with children, children of praise children of worship, children yeah. of destiny, Amen. children of courage, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Amen. And God thank you, the you. kids, for giving us part of their time this morning. Thank you. And whoever is working with the kids this morning, thank you very much for what you're doing. So as we were saying, we're Fred and Pat Bruner from Casper, Wyoming, and both of us are PKs. You guys know what that means? Yeah, preacher's kids, pastor's kids. And we have pastor's kids, and we have six grandkids as well. So we are just really into kids. But um, (laughs) as they were saying, as he was saying a little bit ago, when we met in Reading, there was something that God really did do. And it's sort of like, have you ever met somebody and you, you feel like you know them already? Okay. We felt that way with these two. We felt that way. But we also felt that way with House of Hope. Before we knew your name was a shared name that we have. And I think I know I, know I told you, Jeff, I don't know if you remember this or not. I actually sent you a, a text or something or a Facebook private message, something along that line. Is that I saw really quickly as I would be praying for you guys, because God put it in my heart as an intercessor to pray for you. I have been doing it through these years. But I saw a ribbon, a multicolored ribbon going from hope. In, in Wyoming here to House of Hope. And, of course, it's a, it goes both ways. But I saw this multicolored ribbon, and it was tying us together. And so I may sound too forward to you. If you it may sound like I'm too bold, like, who are you? I, we just met you kind of thing. But there have been so many things that we know that we know that we know that God has tied us together. We have been praying about and anticipating the day that God would release us to come here and to meet you. 
We want to know you. We want to have relationship with you. So we come sort of like from our tribe to your tribe saying our tribe knows about you and desires to be in relationship with you. You guys okay with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. One of the shared things we have is that we are very relational people. Now, we like our free time. We like our space. So when we go on vacation, we go to places that are off the map, so to speak. And we don't take anybody with us because we love people so much. We have to build in some time like that. So I can guarantee you this is the only place that God could have said on this Sunday morning that we were to speak. Because we are actually on, have been on a trip where we are celebrating our 40th anniversary. How's that one? Okay. Yeah. 40 years. Been waiting on this day for 40 years, right? But we have had a marvelous, marvelous time, and we realized that as we were going into um, Glacier, that's where we were, were scheduled to go, and it, that was actually an, adap- an, a- an adaptation from an earlier plan. But when we got to st- planning for Glacier, we looked and thought, oh my gosh, I think they're not very far from us. And so I got hold of them, and they said, yeah, we're just a couple hours from there. So we just knew God had built this in. But we were just coming to say hi to you guys and get to know you and enjoy worshiping with you. So then Jeff and Deanne instead said, hey, would you speak today? So we are coming. As I said, this is the only place we would have done that. Any other place we would have said, no, not today, okay? But we really believe that God has has put inside us a word for you today, Okay not a sermon. We come today giving you a prophetic word. Are you ready to receive that? Okay. Why a prophetic word? I can tell you up front that what we believe God wants to do through this word is that have you ever been a person or you, maybe your children are this way where I find a lot of people are, I, I, I know how I view myself, but how do other people view me? Anybody think, I wish I could get a word to know myself. Okay, like, am I fooling myself or is this for real? Is this really who I am? Well, a church has an identity. A church has a prophetic word. But if a church receives a prophetic word, that means the individuals in the house receive a prophetic word. So when you receive this, you're going to be receiving it on two levels. As a church, but also as individuals. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay, back home, we're very interactive. All right? Uh, Hope back there is very interactive. We have so many things in common that we notice. Even the songs you're doing, we do those. Okay? Your chairs are the same as our chairs. Okay? Yeah, which is kind of interesting to me. Your art reminds me of the art that we have at home. All sorts of things. Jeff, you got up and you gave a scripture this morning right off the bat, which is one that was used so much uh, for myself when we planted Hope, because we planted the church called Hope. used to be community of hope, all right? And, and then God finally said, what's the one thing that Casper needs? And it's hope. But he said, be careful this day when you choose this name. The name that you choose to call yourself by is the name that you're also choosing your battle. Mm-hmm. You relate, right? Okay, so we're on the right track together. But then in addition, when you got up and gave the word a little bit ago, the same thing. We could just tell that God was weaving through the songs and everything. He was letting us know that we've never met you, but this word is for you. You all know that God has signs along the road in order to say you're on the right path, keep going, right? Well, we have all kinds of signs. So you don't know us, but you know Wendy, Backlin, and Steve, right? They come to Hope every year. Okay, how many of you know Leif Hetland? Anybody? He's our spiritual father. 
okay, very close to him, uh, personally, individually with him. Um, we have, you guys know Chuck and Anna Marr, very close spiritual son and daughter, okay? Um, you know, um, oh, good grief. My Chris mind. Overstreet? Or Who? Chris Overstreet? Yeah, Chris Overstreet. You guys know Chris? Chris will be back in August again for our eclipse. We call it ours because it's going right over the top of us. It's the whole world. So I get it. But nevertheless, we, we take ownership of it there. <laughs> so there's all kinds of people that you have been hearing the same messages. So if I could laugh like Steve, would you feel more comfortable? <laughs> I'll jump like Tigger. How about that? You guys remember that? But anyway, so we wanted to tell you a little bit about ourselves very quickly. We have been in uh, Wyoming, in Casper, for 18 years. We, Hope is only 15 years old. All right. We came there with a church to plant multiple churches. We are church planters. Having planted one, we just left a church plant in Kansas City before we came to Casper. And um, God got us there very miraculously. Have you also learned that when God gives you this multitude of signs that you know it's not just like, woo, wasn't that fun? It was, you better write that down because you're going to get challenged on it. And you're going to need to know that you know that you know I said something to you. Even words for children. Okay, you need to mark it, mark those down and steward them because the day will come, the enemy will test you on it. Every time you receive a word from the Lord, there is a battle that comes right after it to say, was that really a quality commitment you just made? Okay, and so we know that he gives that. So he gave us numerous words. We get to Casper, everything changes. Within three months, we know, yeah, this ain't happening. And instead, we knew, though, that God had planted us there, so we're still there. And we planted this church called Hope. Now, when we planted this church called Hope, we ended up not with an immediately dream, immediate dream come true. Okay? The dreams and the prophetic words, you also know this. We're reminding you of what you already know. That prophetic words, you get a word, but you might as well lay down the picture. Because it's not going to look just like you imagined with the prophetic word. You've got to literally submit it back to the leadership as well as to God himself. And then say, now you paint it by numbers. Because if I do it, it's going to be all messed up. And I'm going to be trying to make something happen. And I'm going to be like the Israelites who missed the prophetic word of the Messiah, even though he walked right beside them. Right? So we don't want to do that. So we, we are, when we're at Hope, we started Hope. There were all kinds of things, such as, may I go ahead and share all this? Sure. Such as, we thought when you're coming in with hope, that everybody would know we need hope, right? But instead, what, what's your largest, like you have Walmarts here? Okay. I've, this is only my second time to be in Canada. I don't know even what you do, but I wasn't sure we were driving on the right side of the road today. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, are we there? But Walmart, think Walmart and the smallest store, family store you have, okay? Well, in the church world, the largest Walmart came against us. The largest church in Wyoming came against us. And we're thinking, why would they do this? We're just these little bitty people over here just minding our own business, and why, the, why is this happening? But it was called religion, and it came against us. It still does. But... In this time period, every church has its challenges, but these were what happened with us. Our eighth grade daughter got raped immediately. Okay? Yeah, I know, maybe TMI for you, but one of our core values is vulnerability and transparency. And transparency is I let you see what's inside me, but vulnerability is I encourage you and invite you into it to be involved with me in it. That's how we define those two. 
But so our eighth grade daughter, uh, who didn't want to move there to begin with, it was a very difficult time. I won't go into all the details on that, but I want you to know that what we're talking about is is tried and tested in this. Also, we started having every, we moved from a five-bedroom, very nice house. God says, you're going to sell it, and I'm going to move you into the armpit of Casper to teach you about the people you're going to reach. Well, we had always reached, we were the seeker-sensitive church in Kansas City. Yeah, did that, did it well, don't want to do it again. It's not true to who we are. But in that time period, um, as we started this church, we had a situation where the, the large church, we had people that started coming by and blowing out, knocking out every window in our vehicles. When we moved from the five-bedroom house and we moved into the armpit of Casper, it was an 850-square-foot little bitty place in a drug-infested place. Well, little did we know, because when we're thinking hope, we're thinking bright and sunny, right? Everything cool, somewhere with a rainbow kind of stuff. And instead, no, we were going down into the gutters and reaching people who had zero hope. For instance, when we would ask them what their dreams are, they didn't even compute with that word. They did not compute with what are dreams. They were just trying to feed their face today and have a roof over their children's heads, right? And so we didn't understand what was happening, but in that, in that armpit of Casper, that's what the police would call it, um, and there were occult members all around us. There were drug dealers all around our little naive home. <laughs> and we have, as I said, two daughters, but at some points we had six adults living in that little bitty space with us. We started picking up people off the streets, literally off the streets, bringing them home with us. All kinds of stories we could write a book about on that. And I I really want to tell you as we do this, our objective is not when we leave here for you to think something good about us, but that you see how good he is, that you will regain to a higher level your focus, grab hold of your identity and your purpose, and that you will be encouraged with hope yourselves. Okay? We also, during that time when they were knocking out all of our windows of our cars, we would replace them. I don't know how insurance works up here, but that was not cheap to do. Replacing all these windows, only for them to come and knock them out again. I don't remember how many times, like the FBI gets involved, all these kind of different organizations that are trying to figure out what's going on. They came by and they poured solvent up and down all of our vehicles, and the poor neighbor next door had just gotten his truck back from being painted that day. And that night they came yet again and poured solvent. You know what I'm talking about? Like takes all the paint off your vehicles, um, up and down our cars. We were really not sure what was going on. In my naivety, funny story, I would go out each day to go out. Our cars were parked on the curb, and I would go out to get in my car, and there's a big tree right here. The guy had his truck there, next-door neighbor, and he's been working it on vehicles all the time. And I would come out, and there was a bottle sitting there. And it was, had, you know, like had black all on the inside of it. And I'd, I thought, well, he was putting out his cigarettes in that, right? And then one day I came out. This happened numerous times. Then one day I came out, and, and there was a rag there and this smoky bottle. And I'm thinking, wow, he sure is smoking a lot, you know? And what in the world's going, what is he smoking that he's putting in there is doing this kind of thing? And the rag was kind of charred, and I'm wondering what's going on. So eventually, on the night of uh, February 14th, we were awakened. It had happened several times, okay? We were awakened by what was an angel at our door. 
And the angel at about 5 o'clock in the morning was waking us up and saying, your car is on fire. And they burned our car to the ground. And so that was a Molotov cocktail. That was not some guy putting out his cigarettes. And so all these bottles we were finding under our car was them trying, and it wouldn't, wouldn't stop, uh, wouldn't set off. But on this time, they left notes that had little block letters cut out. And just like in the movies, like a bad movie, these little blocks, <laughs> letters cut out, and it said, you've messed with the wrong person. Next time, leave town or next time it's you. All right? And we're like, what in the world? We're just loving people and picking them up off the streets. You know, what is the problem here? Well, you know, so we thought is the police said it had to do with a witch that lived near us. I didn't buy that. I knew that it was true, but I, I didn't buy that. Um, okay, so maybe it's somebody in the drug business, all this kind of stuff, dealers. Could have been, but what we found out is that, no, there was a hit put out on us, an actual hit. And, yeah, and so my point is that not only was that going on, but we just had our daughter raped. We just moved from this other into this little bitty tiny house. We are starting a brand new church, and there's numerous. These are just some of the bigger things. There were so many things, but it included we would go to the grocery store, and when we went in the grocery store, all these people that had loved us, suddenly they would turn and go the other way. People who absolutely you were giving your life for, suddenly they would have nothing to do with you at all, like they didn't know you. We would be leaving out of town, and there would be a phone call that would come. Like you almost wondered, was somebody watching us? Because a phone call would come, and it was from a guy threatening my husband, okay? And it just numerous, numerous things going on. And so I want you to know that our name was Hope. <laughs> it was already Hope. But Hope had a price to it, and Hope had a battle that went with it. And in that battle, I can guarantee you there were many times I said, God, please, just release us. Release us. Something I didn't grow up with anything like that. I didn't know why it was happening. I thought, what are we doing wrong? Okay? But instead, God kept giving us a persevering heart as we're going through this. And um, Fred wants to share a little bit with you how this ties in. That's where we've come from. But he wants to share with you where God has taken us. Would you guys listen to that and receive them? We want to share from that what we believe God has for you. So obviously, hope will be tested. You know, I I think of the scripture that uh, when God says to the children of Israel, I have a promised land for you. I'm giving it to you. There's a little pause, I think. Now go take it. You know, and and so it's not like, okay, here it is. It's all laid out for you and everything. It's something you have to step into. You know, you step into a promised land. And so hope is the same way. And so one of the things that we want to do is we simply want to add value to what God's already doing in your lives. And that we believe that God has positioned you to be in this community because this community impacts this whole region. And that God wants to use the hope that is on the inside of you. But sometimes people need to know uh, that you're not so hopeful or joyful or even, for heaven's sake, happy. Because nothing bad has ever happened and you've never had any tough times. I want to tell you that really people that are full of hope are that way because there's been test after test in their life. And every time they keep seeing that God is true to his word. Yeah. 
that God can be trusted, that there is a reason for hope. There is an expectation that leads to an invitation that God will use you, that God cares about what's going on in your life. And so we believe that God has been testing you and been doing a work in you because he has something even greater for you, and that's to touch this whole region. Yeah, and so Fred, we, we want to be a part of adding value there. We're going to tag team a little bit. But one of the things that we were talking about is a place that we feel like we have in common with you. We see you as an outpost. Okay? Now, in Wyoming, we're right smack dab in the middle of the state. But there are no other large cities around us. There's only 500,000 people in all of Wyoming. We have more sheep than people. That's what we say. Okay? But, but Casper is about sixty to 70,000 people. That's the large city. Cheyenne is down on the border. They're greenies. Anybody is from Colorado? They are not real favored in, in Wyoming. Okay, they, they don't particularly like Colorado people. They come and contaminate our wild blue yonder. But we believe that we also are an outpost, meaning that just like in the old settler days, that there were resource centers There are resource places where people lived in all these little communities, but they come in here. And so that's one of the reasons we believe that we share in common with you guys. Because you don't have, from our understanding, you don't have a lot of other uh, churches that you're really close to. You may have big cities, but I know you travel down even into into Montana to do some shopping sometimes. So we we believe that you are an outpost, but an outpost is valuable, very valuable. Without it, the, the area could not be developed. So one of the things that in this, uh, to go along with that, is that, that in Casper, especially when we started, we were the only church like us. And uh, I remember at a pivotal time, this was probably about five years ago, could have been, yeah, it was probably five years ago, there was a, a couple that come, and they were uh, sitting down, and I I'd never said this before, and I don't encourage people to say it very often, but I was talking to them. I said, is this your first time to be here? And they said, yes. And, and I said, well, uh, I tell them that we're not like most of the other churches in town. And, and it wasn't that I thought we shouldn't be like all, all the other churches in town as much as that I, I realized that our heart was to do what Jesus was doing and say what he was saying. And when Jesus was on earth, what did he do? He, he did what he saw the Father doing and said what the Father was saying. And that everybody would like that, right? And everybody would applaud that. And I found out that, that a lot of people were not in favor of doing what Jesus had been doing. That I guess now Jesus is doing something different. And so I guess I'm just simple enough to think that we should be doing that. And that everybody would appreciate that and applaud that. And I found out, no, that now we're called the crazy church. And so I said to this couple, I said, you know, some people call us the crazy church. And they said, yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> and that there was a shift from that point. We weren't changing a message, but it was like we were going long enough and persevering long enough and bringing hope and loving people without an agenda long enough that that began to take hold. But, we, but in that time of planting those seeds, how many of it, you know, like you plant something in the ground, it takes a long time for it to come up. I don't care if it's, you know, two weeks. It seems like forever. So those seeds we were planting, we were growing weary and well-doing. We were. It was hard to keep believing that those seeds were going to come up. Yeah, and one of those things is, is that 
A kingdom mentality is that you do it because that's what the Father is saying to do, not because you can always already see the results of it. And where you see a difference, a church mentality would be, I would only do something because someone would come to my church as a result of doing it. And we don't call that loving without agenda. That's loving with an agenda. That I'll love you, I'll do something because you're going to, to come to our church if we do that. You're going to pay me back by coming. And, and so in, in doing that, that is something that has pervaded who we are, is that we bring hope because we want to love people with the love that we have received. And that it's not because we're going to get an immediate payback from that. And so a lot of what in a church mentality people would do, I'll only do that if I can see that it will come back in. And if I'm not seeing it come back in, I may feel like I'm wasting my time. But I want to tell you, after now, after 10 years of going after this, I see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And when we started really going, uh, I would say Pat and I, we prayed for the sick, you know, most of our lives. But in the last 10 years, we have really gone after it. And we can see how we are seeing so much more in the area of healing. And in every area that we've been going after, that brings hope. Because your hope is tested. Do you really believe that God is going to heal? And that as you continue to pray for the sick, you will see healing. People will say, you know, at our church, we don't see many healings. I asked, well, do you pray for the sick? Well, no. It's kind of like, duh. You know, it's like, could there be a correlation between those two? But you see, the other part of that is, is though, as you're praying for the sick and you don't see what you think you should see, then that begins to do something in you that thinks, is there something wrong with me? I want to tell you, there's not something wrong with you because it is not about you. It's a, he's the one that does the healing. And so what I realized is my, uh, my opportunity and my desire is to be faithful to what he has shown me to do, and he will bring the fruit. In fact, this morning when you were talking about we're going to go after cancer, a cancer-free zone, and you were saying we're going to attack that, I, you know, cancer is attacking people. I heard, I heard his voice say, that's it, attack the attack. Attack the attack. If it came against you that you are more than an overcomer by the word of the, by the, by the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, you love not yourself even unto death, we're told, okay? And that what happens is that something comes against us and we attack it for a while. And then we start backing down from it. We start losing hope, but we're trying to pray over somebody to have hope. Instead, the word says, you're not of the shrinking back kind. You're not of the shrinking back kind. It doesn't matter if Jesus returns. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray until either that breakthrough comes because I know it's ours or else it's going to be, you know, I'm going to see my victory or I'm going to pray until Jesus returns, one of the two, and get it a different way, but not to shrink back. I want to, are you guys familiar with the Passion Translation? So, uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Simmons, we're excited. He's going to be in Casper in next June. And so I would just invite you all to come down next June and hang out with us. I'm sure that we, we can find a big campground. We can all camp together. But anyway, I just want to read a couple of verses out of John 15. And John's my favorite book of the Bible. It, you know, they, they call it the, John's really the book of believing 
over a hundred times it uses the word believe. And that, that I believe that we're people of hope. Right. That there, he's the God of hope. And so if he's on the inside of us, we are full of hope. You may at times feel hopeless, but you're not hopeless because hope resides on the inside of you because the Holy Spirit is full of hope. Even if you aren't, he's full of hope. So here's the scripture. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my intimate friends for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit and your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father for my sake, he will give it to you. And then verse 17, so that this is my parting command, love one another deeply. And so part of what we believe we're to share with you is that that you didn't choose this yourself. He chose it. When you get in the middle of difficulties, what happens? You kind of freeze. And if it doesn't go away quickly, you know, it's the fight or flight thing. And it's that thing of, wait a minute, did I make the wrong choice? Did I do the wrong thing? Did we mess up somewhere along the line? Things are not going so well. Like I'm having battles to fight. So this verse comes into play right. in that. that. He says, I chose you for this. I chose you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. That, that it's not just in California there are the fruit and nutty people. You know, that the we're to bear a lot of fruit. And it's interesting that for some reason we get this false Christian humility that if I bear fruit that that's bringing honor to myself. No, he very clearly says, I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. And part of choosing you is that you would be fruitful. It is natural that we bear much fruit. And, you know, I love the fact that, that you can walk in, in gifts. But more important than the gifts are what we do is that we walk in God's character. And that we're able, as Pat was saying, to persevere because we know the character of God, that he is good, that he is patient, that he is kind, that he is loving. He's for us and, and that he sent his son not knowing that, that people would embrace him. In fact, in John chapter 1, it says, and, and the creator of all of this came and lived among men and people didn't even know him, didn't even recognize him. That even God takes risks, if you will. Because he is willing to stay according to his character, whether we agree with it or follow it or not. And that's the kind of people that we are, is because of the character of God, we don't lose heart because we know who he is. Okay, so we're going to make this practical, real, get up and apply yourself here, okay? How many of you, remember what I said about transparency and vulnerability? I already broke the ice. I told you some of our dirt, right? Okay, so, but as family... We know that that's a place we're supposed to come to be able to be real, to get healed, to get filled up and go back out again. Yes? If you come from a family where, no, we don't talk about our stuff, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. And I know that you're not a kingdom family that wants to do that. So let me ask you this. How many of you on hearing that verse that says, I, you didn't choose me. 
I chose you to go and bear fruit, abundant fruit that will last. How many of you would say, I could use a little bit more of abundance in my fruit, in my life, the prayers I'm praying. I want you to stand up very quickly. Come on, stand up. We're going to pray for you. Okay, now, can I just get in your business for a minute? Okay. (laughs) Here's the deal. She's going to do it anyway. Yeah, here's the deal. (laughs) Here's the deal. You can't change something that you won't even recognize is going Mm -hmm. on. And when someone comes to you and they say, could you use some more abundance in your life? Now, we know that's a no-brainer. Everybody can. But I'm talking about there's a place in your life where you're going, I've been praying this prayer a long time. I've been fighting these battles a long time. And what's it producing? I'm not getting any good fruit from it. I'm not healed totally yet. Or or my marriage is still having a struggle or our finances or whatever. And we just got through telling... Okay, here we go. I just got through telling you that God sent us here with a prophetic word for you. I had other things I could do on an anniversary celebration, but God wants to say a word to you. So when he comes to you and he says, how many of you, and he tells you that, and they say, stand up. I'm going to tell you, hungry people jump up. Hungry people, hope-filled people say, okay, I haven't had it yet, but this is my time. I'm expecting it this time. If not, we, our spirit has already begun to shrink back. We are dealing with less hope. We're not big names, but sometimes I think God says, I'm going to send the little me's to see, will you hear my voice through a child? Will you hear my voice through someone that you've never met before? Because if not, when the burning bush is burning, are we going to bypass it? Are we going to stop? All right? So I'm going to say it to you again. The reason we did this is not because we need something to do. We believe that God wants us to bear abundant fruit. Hope. There is no hope if there's not fruit fruit attached to it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Hope produces something. Mm -hmm. Hope produces something. That thing about rise up, you know, she was talking about before, go up higher. Hope floats. Come on, let's go up higher, right? So we want to pray over you right now. I want you to, uh, to close your eyes because I don't want you worrying about me pacing back, up, back and forth up here. And Fred's going to join in too. But I want you to very specifically say, God, where is the place in my life that I've been standing and I've been waiting and I've been persevering and I've been fighting and I've been getting people to pray for me. I've been doing all kinds of things and yet it's still there. The giant is still in front of me and he's not backing down and he's still taunting me. When you know specifically that place, I want you to raise your hand. If not, you probably need to sit back down. Okay, and I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be brash. I'm just saying this is real stuff. Okay? All right, so we're going to go after that. In the name of Jesus right now, Father, we see what you see. We see into the spirit realm, and we know that there are people here right now that their arms are getting weak, their legs are getting weak, their brains are getting weak, their resolve is getting weak, their hope feels like it's flailing, and they're embarrassed even because it's this thing of, I know that a believer should have hope, and yet I got to admit, I don't really have hope. It's been, I've been prayed over too many times, I've persevered too many times, I've gotten knocked back down too many times, and where is the fruit? Where is the fruit, God? Where is the fruit? Why isn't this producing something of you? Why is it that we say in, on earth as it is in heaven, and yet I still feel like I'm living in the pit of hell? 
God, that's real. That's raw. So right now in the name of Jesus, I call forth by the name of Jesus, I call forth hope right now to arise. Though it would not just be a name that we have over our door, but it would be a, a force that operates around us. That hope would arise in us so much that we can't help but look for tomorrow. We can't help but have a warm and, and expectant expectation of good things happening next week, tomorrow, this afternoon, this very moment. In Jesus' name. Lord, any place where we have got a, we've gotten that part that says, Lord, you know what? I, I just, I, it's for somebody else. It seems to always fall on the person next to me. Right now in the name of Jesus, I release over those people. Each and every person. You were, said that you were going up and down the aisles and you were touching each person. So right now, Lord, touch them and let hope arise. Where there is no fruit, we call forth fruit. Resurrection life. Now in Jesus' name. Those places where we knew we had dreams and the dreams feel like we have taken just a detour. And that was, what was that for? Somebody just prophesied a false word right now, Lord, that even as we were talking, Don and I were talking today, that you use those things we thought were byways and that were detours. You use them and that dreams arise and they come to pass. Lord, I pray over the people in the back row right over here that need hope to arise. Lord, that they are, they're courageous enough to say, I need fruit in my life. I've got an area of my life that is not showing the abundance of God. And I call it forth now, Lord, that you would this day open up their vision, their dreams. They would have new ideas that they've never had before. Lord, that they would have a peace just me. There would be a peace that passes yeah, all understanding you, that would come upon them. Mm-hmm. Peace that comes, that you see them, that they're not alone. They're not forgotten. They're not less important than someone else. Instead, Lord, you say to her this day, you didn't choose mm-hmm. me. I chose you yes, to go thank and bear you, fruit, Jesus. abundant fruit that would last. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Abundant fruit that would thank last. You, Lord. Lord, bless her. Bless her, Lord. Comfort her with all comfort. Hmm. Put your arm around her as a good, good daddy. And draw her close. And let her be able to experience intimacy with you like never before. Never before. Never before. Never before. Lord, where we've settled into places where we're, we're fine with just the dreams we've been dreaming. The places where we've settled in and said, well, this is the land of good enough. You are the God of the more, not good enough. Father, I pray for the woman in the background right now. Lord, I just pray for her that the part of her heart that says, I want to be known in that place, the part of my heart that I want to know you see me, you hear me, you respond to me, that right now, Lord, your spirit is responding to her heart's cry. Right now, you have put your hand upon her. Lord, you have called her by name. You say, you are mine. You are valuable. You are important, and what beats in your heart is important to me. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, people that are, they used to have nighttime dreams where you spoke to them, and it seems like that's just dwindled off. Anybody that used to have nighttime dreams and you're wondering where they've gone, they were God dreams, but you're not having enough dreams anymore, like that, okay, back there again. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would multiply those dreams again, that the dreamer inside them would arise. Hope arise with dreams. Hope arise with new songs. Hope arise with a new level of worship. Hope arise that calls us out of this day and into the more. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.
You guys can have a seat. So, you know, be seated. So, you know, when we get up to speak, it seems like we're either talking about hope or about love. It's not on. It's an off thing. It still says it's on. Your battery ran out. You want this? So what, that we're either talking about hope or love, and I, I don't give any apology for that. I can't think of many better subjects. Than, but I, I feel like the Lord was causing me to make this statement before we go in and make some other declarations over who God was talking about, who you are. You already are these things, and we're going to declare them over you and prophesy over them because whatever is there uh, is to come up to another level, to get an upgrade. It exists already, but we're calling it up to a higher level. And I just want to say that love looks like something. And you see, that's part of where hope comes in. Because one of the, one of the reasons that, that I believe for, for us is to do some travel outside of Casper, as well as to have people from outside of Casper come into Casper, and so uh, this January, when Steve and Wendy come, this will be their, their ninth time to come. And, and our, our good close friend, Leif Hetland, when he comes in December, will be his 11th time to come. And, and we believe in, in having people come in and us going out because it's easy to get into place because of what you see all the time that that begins to set a ceiling over you. And the reason to keep going after healing, going after sharing the goodness of God, continuing to go after worship and, and thing after thing is, is because that, that at times it feels like you're, you're kind of walking in mud, you know. And it's, you're, but if you keep walking, you will walk out of that and you'll walk into a better place. And so you're not wasting time in doing good things. Do not grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap a reward if you do not give up. And so there's a lot about being people that don't give up. And so I encourage you that, that, that you keep going after things. You don't give up. You allow yourself to keep seeing that there is a better place. And that's one of the amazing things about testimony. But here's the point even about testimony is. What we do, we do because we have no agenda but to love other people. And I, I heard that you guys have at least, uh, you have a Starbucks in town. And that, uh, that we have a Starbucks about a half a mile from our house. And so I'm there all the time. And uh, I went in, this is about six weeks ago. I went in on a Friday afternoon with my son-in-law and Pat and my daughter were in the car. Our daughter were in the car, you know. Uh, we have a daughter that's 37 years old. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, it's like I, I don't even think I'm 37. So, and I don't act like it a lot of the time. But so I go in and, and one of the baristas, a guy, I, I know him quite well. We know each other on a first name basis. And I can see he's not moving. Well, he's probably about 20, 22 years old. And I say, what's going on? And he says, my back is just killing me. I can hardly move. And, and so I've never prayed for him before, but I've, I've talked to him and, and we have no time at all. And the point is, is that, that love and hope are not about an event. 
They're about life. And the best things about life are the things you do all the time. It's like on a cellular level that, that you pray for people, you touch people, you love people, not because you're getting ready to go do something. No, it's because you are something. At first, you share a message, but you become the message. And, and so I said, hey, we don't have much time and you're working. Would you be okay if I just release some healing to you? And he said, okay. And I took his hand, five-second prayer, and we ran out the door. That was on a Friday. On Monday, I, I'm there again. And he's there again. I was there. He wasn't. And he came up to me. I didn't say anything to him. He came up to me and said, hey, you know that thing? That thing we did on Friday. You said when you prayed for me that I would feel immediate relief. And you were right. I want you to know, I didn't pray for him because I have a gift. I prayed for him because I loved him. And hope and love go together. That the kingdom of God is about relationship. That he loves us, and out of that love, we love other people. So while he gets going there, and we realize we heard that when the, we start smelling the food, that it means we need to wind down here. So it's, it's, it's good. Okay, so here's the deal. We left, and we started the church called Hope. Fred and myself and two girls. And there were a few that be, stragglers that began to join us. Started in our home. Okay, started in our home. Today, uh, we have two services. For the first time in all those years, we have our own building. And it was, it was a difficult, difficult thing. But it's a miracle. We were sharing with these guys how God brought about this, this building. We didn't have the money for the down payment or anything else. And a $2.5 million building without us asking all in one conversation of viewing the building went from 2.5 down to over one point, what, what 1.25. And then it went down to a million. And then the guy says, you know what? I I'll carry it. And instead of this, I'll cut that much down. And it just, we were able to get in it. But now then hope the art of negotiation, but we weren't the negotiators. We're just walking along and the Holy spirit is negotiating It's wonderful. Best kind of negotiation, right? Yeah, the other is striving. So anyway, um, through that time, though, we watched God begin to assemble what felt like David's mighty men, but they were a straggly group of people, and all, including us, because he was still healing us, and we're still in that process. All, everybody is, I believe, until Jesus returns. But now then, Hope has a family of about 400 people, and we have a group of people that are passionate about loving people on purpose in Casper and the region and beyond. They love well like that, not perfectly. We're always still finding and tripping over each other at times, but there's room and there's grace for it. And it's a family that says, let's be real, but let's, let's not shrink back from each other. So when we go out into the community each week, that we now have a food trailer, our whole purpose is not to go out and we don't charge anything. We just go into the, the darkest places and we feed hungry families. Just feed hungry families. But for years before a food trailer came, 
we, and it's a nice, it was a big old carnival thing with lights and just yuck all over it kind of thing. And now then it's a beautiful food trailer. But originally it started out with just going out and doing treasure hunts. You guys know what those are. Then it developed into going out and taking bags of groceries. We're not, we are not by sight a wealthy congregation. I told you a lot of the people that we deal with don't have jobs. They, you know, they've got a lot of other addictions they're paying for, if we'll put it that way. And so we don't, we don't have a a real wealthy congregation financially. And yet on whenever we would go out into the communities, God would send us out to these places and people, miraculous book kinds of miracles were happening by taking food to people's doors and God would show up. And nobody knew we were doing it. We weren't doing it for that reason. We were doing it because the message had, we'd become the message. And now it's time to release the message. Okay. When you try to release the message before you've become the message, you do it out of agenda and works. So anyway, as they go out, they find these people, they start praying for them. Well, now then, when they go out into the community, people start running up, there's my people, there's my people. And we're like, where? Okay. But they call us their people. And they'll say, oh, you're the one who uh, prayed for me and all my cancer went away. You're the one that when you prayed for me for the metal in my back, it went away. You're the one that went and the stories are too numerous to tell. And guess what? These people are not known in the community except by a number. They show up with a number to get their food. They show up with a number to go to the doctor or whatever the case might be. But we developed a relationship with them by going back to the same place over and over again. And now then, guess who's taking note? The city is. And people are beginning to want to join us in helping feed the hungry and so forth. But it starts, it started for us. In that place of thinking, man, we might as well give up. How can we ever do this alone? It's too big for us. So that's who we've become, an army. We don't want to be a church. We want to be the church. All right? We want to be a family, something we, we agree that you guys carry as well. So he wants to share some things, specific things that we feel like God said for you, that we see in you, that we know, never been here, but we know you by the Spirit, both from just the stories that get told about you, but just simply as we pray for you as well. But we want to call it up to a higher level. So you teach what you know. You reproduce what you are and who you are. And we're to be people that reproduce the character of God and the love of God, the goodness of God, because that's who we are. We're not just teaching people some things we know. We're teaching them from who we are. So this is who the Lord was saying you all are. That you are chosen to be forerunners. To go ahead and say this is the way to come. Follow me as I follow the Lord. We know how to go. And we're going to take it one step at a time. We're going to go. You're chosen to be forerunners. You're chosen to be carriers of hope. We believe that uh, it's Bill Johnson that says that even though a lot of other people say that the person with the most hope has the most influence. You're called to be people of influence. I don't care what you do, how old you are, where you go. You are, have the ability to influence other people. You change atmospheres. 
And I found that when you say that statement, there are a lot of people say, yeah, whatever. But I've seen it happen so many times that I know that it is real. I've seen it happen in Sri Lanka. I've seen it happen in little old Casper, Wyoming. I know it happens here. I know when you go in and you love well and when you bring hope and you bring that influence that people are listening. And if you will begin to pay attention and the Lord show you, you will see that he's showing you that people are listening. They may not halt every work and everything that's going on to listen to what you're saying, but you begin to see they are hearing what you're saying because they can see your life backs it up. You meet people where they are and they don't always look good. (laughs) Amen to that. One of Pat's favorite statements, you are not of the shrinking back kind. You are bold and courageous people. You are confident enough to stand alone when you need to. I'm, I, you know, I've been a Christian long enough that I, I know the, the old uh, chorus from back in the day. Though none go with me, still I will follow. You know, I, I don't need to look around and see if anybody's following me before I go. I, I can just go. And I know that eventually there will be people that follow me there. You were born to turn risk into adventure. Come on, you know. You were born to turn risk into adventure. True faith always has inbuilt hope. Hope without faith is simply a wish. Okay, so stand up. That wasn't an order. That was an invitation. Okay. So now then, here's the deal. We started out by saying that one of the things is that if this is the word of God to you as a congregation, it's to each of you individually. He declares over you that you are persevering, that you are forerunners. Do you ever feel like, man, the going is slow? Can you imagine Lewis and Clark going through the woods and there's no path to ahead of them? They're having to cut it all down. They're having to carry their canoe across rivers and so forth. That's what we're doing, people. You may not like this part, but that's where we're one. Okay, we are an outpost. There's not a lot of other people coming over and saying, hey, look, we'll just join our campfires together. No, we are the campfire. Right? We are the campfire. We have to go find the wood. We have to, you know, use the flint. (laughs) And And it really feels that way. God sees you. And he says these things about you. And you may say, well, those are kind of like reading a horoscope. Couldn't we say that about everybody? No. It's true. In fact, when leaders come through, hope, and they give us prophetic words, I will say to them, I just need to know one thing. Do you say that to all the pretty girls in every port you go to? Okay. You ever heard that statement before? Because I want to know, did God really say that? And I tell you that because I know you. You want to know. Did you just come and and you said these things and like, wow, God says you are persevering and he sees that and he values it. God never gives up. That's a part of his character. He never gives up. We sang about it. He never gives up, right? He never gives up. If we're giving up, 
we're laying aside part of his character in us. Persevering. How many of you need some persevering? Strengthened. Okay, let's go after it. You guys ready for that? Why talk about it if we're not going to go after it and commit to it, right? Okay, so let's go for it. I'm gonna, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to declare it. I don't want to whisper. I want you to, to do like, hey, I'm out here by myself. Nobody's hearing me but God, and I'm going to be emphatic in this as I say it, okay? So I will lead you in phrases. You declare it out because my declaration over, is, over you is a prophetic declaration, but you have to pick it up and run with it, right? Okay, but then I'm going to, in a few minutes, I'm going to say, okay, now this is my part, and I'm going to just pray over, and you can be quiet. All right, so persevering. You ready? In the name of Jesus, I take up again to a higher level my mantle of persevering. I didn't choose him. He chose me. His character is in me. The way he does things is in me, and he never gives up. So I say, self, listen up. Where you have backed off, you have shrunk back, you have had a 15 reasons why it's okay to give up, you're wrong. When God gives up, I give up, and he never gives up. So I am, by the grace of God, as I follow his steps, a persevering person. I am... Going to press forward until the trail opens up before me. And I get what he says is mine. Okay, how many of you believe that God wants to answer that? That's a no-brainer for him. Okay, so now this is my part. In the name of Jesus, by the prophetic voice, through him, through me, his word in my mouth is just as powerful as it is in his mouth. And I declare over you that this day... That any place that hopelessness has come on you and caused you not to persevere, to feel like I'm worn out, like it's draining me, I'm drained, I'm becoming critical, I'm becoming a complainer, I see more what's going wrong instead of what's going right, I talk more about what was rather than what is in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare over them that that breaks off now in Jesus' name. That we realize that we are buying the bill of goods that the enemy is giving us. That you give us hope always. Everything you speak is hope. It is hope infused. That's what I'm hearing. It is hope infused. So, Lord, infuse right now every person here that is open to you. Infuse them with hope that says, I can go look further. I can take another step. I may not know all the steps, but I take this step. Lord, infuse people with hope that says, I know that this is going somewhere. I know that when my God promises that he is faithful to his promise. And he said, we are are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And that's not just for my church, it's for me as an individual. So Lord, right now, place your ministering angels around people that will prod us, they'll poke us in the ribs, they'll kick us in the butt and say, get up and get going. Come on. I'm your ministering angel and I'm getting bored. Let's go forward in Jesus' name. Okay, what else? Okay, Jeff and Deanne, can you come up? God gave us a word specifically for you. We know this much of what he wants to say. We'll see what he does with this, okay? 
But this is not a word you give to every pretty girl in every port, okay? It's a word specifically for you. That as we've prayed for you, and every time we see you, from the first time we saw you, we see courageous hearts. We see, our, see persevering hearts. We see forerunners. I know the way is wearisome. I know that you wonder sometimes, like, why can't we walk faster? Why can't this move along faster? But you're going deep. You're going deep. And you're growing a family, and babies don't grow up overnight. And this baby called House of Hope is his. And you're caring and nurturing that baby. But I promise you, if you do not grow weary and well-doing, this is going to mushroom. Because the hope that you carry, that you live by, that you infuse other people with, that hope is what there is no monopoly on out there. The world is hungry for it, but it's hard for them until they've seen it for a long time to believe that it can actually produce fruit. They believe they don't know the difference between wishing and hoping. They don't know the difference. And yours as leaders is to grow up a family that will say, we will become hope. We won't just teach hope. We will become hope. We will embody hope. Even your dream that you've shared with us. Okay? That's a hope-filled dream. Hope-filled dream. But I also want you to know that um, this may be a no-brainer. This may just be confirmation. I prefer I be an echo rather than the original, right? But every time I pray for you, I see you back over in um, Indonesia, in uh, Thailand, thank you, in Thailand. And even in Laos, we asked you about that. I see you over in that area. I see your family with you. And it was interesting because I had already told him, I think God's preparing them for another trip. And then you put a thing on, co- about, on Facebook about coffee. I haven't told you this. And when I, I said, I knew it. I knew it. It was like you were speaking prophetically there, even jokingly. Okay? It's very, prof- okay, it's very prophetic that you are supposed to go back. And I bless this home, this family that they have made that in the budget for you to be able to go on trips, okay? I, I realize that, in, like, to Reading and so forth. But I believe that God wants just as much as they came behind this young man today, that they come behind you and help you be able to go because there is hope that has only lived in the house shrinks back. And you are supposed to go and carry all the destiny, the persevering, all the things that Fred talked about today, the courage, Okay, all of those things you're supposed to go and tell them to people who have never heard that word before. And so I don't know if you've ever really picked up that mantle of, you know, more than just going as a tourist. I know you go and do missions, but like, this is right. It's not meant to be a one-time thing. Relationships gets built by going back and going back and going back. And you're supposed to go back because you're going to give your children to some of it. Okay. Yeah, I just hear just this one phrase. That you're not spiritual parents over an orphanage, but over a home. That the church is never to be an orphanage, it's to be a home. Because there are no orphans in the kingdom. They're sons and daughters. And so this house is raising up sons and daughters that are touched this city and this region and beyond. So that's what I hear. Your risk takers don't ever lose that. But always turn it into an adventure. Always. Always, you're that powerful. 
So, Father, we bless these two in your name, Lord. We bless them because they have brought their five loaves and two fish and offered it to you. And in offering it to you, you are multiplying it. You are causing it to become an attractant, to be known in this community. Lord, that they are people that want to love well. And you will show them and break open the doors for them to go into the community and be able to become love in the community. Lord, that love always births hope. It always births hope. Lord, that they will teach the community, starting here and out there, that they don't have to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. That instead, Lord, that you are taking us higher and higher. And that hope always lifts us up into new realms, new dreams, higher levels in our destiny. Father, thank you for opening up this home in this community that you birthed this place. Protect it, Lord. In the hardest times, let hope arise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Wow. Wow. How many received something this morning from these guys? Yeah, wow. For listening to our sermon of the week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.